What's up, guys? Gator Johnny here. It is Wednesday, January 10th, 2018, and this is the Gator Pit. Every day... In every way, we see things and discuss things and think about things that separate us, right? Uh, whether it be politics, whether it be economics, whether it be gender, whether it be ethnicity, religion, sports. I mean, there's just so many things that that we, we focus on and, and, and deal with that separate us. But we very rarely talk about the moments that bring us together, shared experiences, things that everyone can relate to. Well, yesterday I had an interesting conversation with, uh, with an old friend who I realized had been living the life that I've been living for the past nine years. Nine years ago, I stopped working at the Gator Park in Orlando, here in Florida. And it wasn't by choice. I got laid off. I was so burnt out by that point. I was burnt out. I was bored. I had been doing the same show over and over and over for seven years. You know, I had lost that fire. The department was in a state of transition. So I was up in the air when it comes to that. Like most people, I'm not a fan of change just for the sake of change. Um... And I didn't see a reason for our policies and procedures to change or, or our, our way of entertainment. That was all changing. So I was kind of down with that. And my body was beat up. I was so hurting and I was in so much pain. I was just, oh, I was a grump. I was a grump. Seven years of wrestling alligators and, and just doing the general work that we did there had ravaged my body. I was popping pain pills every day just to keep going. And, and my I was physically a wreck and it affected me emotionally. So... And as you guys know, I'm high energy, <laughs> I'm pretty vocal, and I'm emotional, which means my emotions aren't really kept in check. When I'm angry, when I'm upset, when something's bothering me, believe me, everyone's going to know. Maybe I was immature to handle it this way, but I would walk around talking at the top of my lungs about the things that bothered me, you know, and, and, and that rubbed people the wrong way. And I guess that's kind of what I wanted. I don't know. Somewhere deep down inside. <laughs> um... But anyway, they let me go. And for the past nine years, I've been struggling. I've been struggling to find that again, what I had there. But last night, talking to an old coworker that was a part of the original group when I first started, I come to find out he's been going through the same thing. When we first started, it wasn't a job, it was a family. The very nature of the job having to trust someone with your life because if I'm on that alligator and you my listener are my backup if something goes wrong and I end up in that gator's jaws my life is in your hands you're the only one that could save me so whether we liked each other or not on a given moment we had to trust each other it's just kind of the way it was I guess I can liken it to a military situation or or law enforcement like your partner has your back and you know, we created it created a family. We were a family. We were bonded We understood each other like nobody else could 
as the years went on, that changed. And I tried to hold on to it, and I, I just couldn't. I was fighting upstream. But for the past nine years, I've suffered depression. I've suffered anxiety. I've gone through all these emotions because I've been trying so hard to find that. And it wasn't even the job itself. It was the people. It was the, the love we all had for each other, the chemistry. And I haven't been able to. And it's been driving me nuts. And I've been driving Sheena Diane nuts trying to find it. Well... Turns out my old co-worker has been going through the exact same thing. And to this day, he's still dealing with it. That depression, that anxiety, that, that you know, when you find your perfect utopia, and that sounds corny because I'm talking about a job, but I mean, you know, we spend most of our times at our jobs, don't we? Most of our waking hours, for most of us, is spent at work. So when people say work isn't that important, I mean... Work comprises the majority of your everyday life for the majority of your life. So it is important. So the fact that I had found this utopia and, and moved from a different part of the country thousands of miles just to do that and the struggle that I went through to get it and then not be doing it anymore, that's been a tough pill to swallow. And it's just been something I've been dealing with, you know, but now I realize I'm not alone. I'm not alone. It doesn't make it any easier, <laughs> you know, but at least I'm not going freaking crazy because I always thought it was just me. Like, dude, why are you obsessed with that? Like, let that shit go, like move on. And I can't. It's like when you, you know, that love you can never let go of that first love, maybe or whatever. It was just so intoxicating, so addicting, and even though it may have been toxic, to this day you think about it, right? And how you wish you could go back and change things and make it better. That was that love, that, that, that work environment, that park, that group, those people. I guess the best way I could describe it is the, the show Lost. For those of you that haven't watched Lost, the series, I'm about to give a spoiler Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, because it's been freaking 10 years <laughs> and it's been discussed heavily everywhere on the internet, everywhere in magazines, everywhere on television. So I don't think talking about this is going to kill it for anybody, but just in case, spoiler alert, fast forward the next couple of minutes. But <clears throat> anyway, and the show lost the whole series ended strangely and people didn't understand the ending to me it was simple it would make sense but to nobody else it made sense but they go through all these crazy things they go through all this 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 strangeness and struggle on this island and at one point they get off the island and then they come back to the island it was a sci-fi show not only a survival show so obviously there was room allotted for craziness but then there was the last season, which totally flipped things sideways. And it kind of had nothing to do with the story. Everything just went nuts. And at the end, in the final 10 minutes of the final episode, the main character, Jack, ends up at, the, at a church. One of the other characters, Kate, told him to go there. And throughout the episode, throughout the, the, the last season, so many of the characters would remember. They would have a moment of remembering the island. And whatever situation they were in at that moment, they would kind of like go, oh, I remember now. Okay. And then they would leave. 
But Jack struggled. Every time the memories would come back, he struggled and he wouldn't let go. He wouldn't hold on to them. He would keep going and doing what he was doing. He was a doctor and a scientist, a very pragmatic man. One of the other characters actually tried to bring him over. Uh, his name was John. And, and he was like, nah, you're going crazy. I, I don't remember that life you're talking about. Finally, at the end, he ends up in a church. Kate brings him to a church and she said, go ahead, go in. And he goes inside and his father is standing there. Mind you, his father had passed away years ago. And he's like, dad? And he's like, yeah, hi, hey, son. And he's like, you're here. He's like, I am. He goes, but you're dead. He goes, yeah. He goes, crap. Like it, it dawns on him. Does that mean I'm dead? And his father just kind of sighs and goes, yep. And then he starts to cry and he hugs his father and they start talking. And he's like, but I, so what's going on then? What, 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 what's happening? And basically his father told him that everything that's just gone on, meaning the last season, was something that they all created to cross over together. All, all the situation, it's almost like they were in purgatory, but they created it themselves to cross over because they had to all cross over together. Everything that happened in the series was real, but everyone died at different times. No one died at the same time. So a lot of them had died early on in the series. Some of them died many years later, but now here they were in this church and the church was like multi-denominational, you know, but here they were. And they were all in the next room. Finally, Jack is ready to go. And his father goes, come on, let's go. He goes, but what's on the other side? And his father goes, let's find out. And he walk into the next room and the entire cast is there hugging and kissing and, you know, happy to see each other. And then they all walk into the light, right? So the words that are relevant to my issue, my story, is the fact that he said, he tells Jack, because he goes, why? why? Why these people? Why here? His father tells him, those those people were with you during the most important part of your life that's how i feel <laughs> about you know that group that i worked with like if i were to die today those would those would be my my lost members those would be the group that i would cross over with that would be my group because that was absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt the most important part of my life now, I know I just kind of rambled off <laughs> in a different direction there, but I mean, it, it was all related. You know, it, it, that's that's how I've always felt. And that's why I've struggled to let go of that, because everything was perfect there. Not really, but that was my utopia. That was the, 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 the most important, the greatest time of my life was spent at that part. I even met Sheena Diane there. You know, I met her while I was wrestling an alligator. I'm on the back of a gator and she's sitting in the audience and I'm paying attention to her and the gator's trying to kill me. He almost bit me and I realized, oh, shoot, I'm on a gator. I got to pay attention. And then she came down on the sand, sat on a gator for a picture. And I have that picture at home of the moment I met her. We got married there on the sand at the gator wrestling arena. So that that place was so important to me. And the fact that I know I was no longer there and that I left on different terms other than my own. I didn't leave, I was let go. And rightfully so, my behavior was bad. I had a bad attitude, I, I'm not gonna argue that. Maybe that's kind of part of what drives me nuts. The fact that I know I did that, I created that, I caused that. Yeah, it's just inexcusable because I'm not getting another chance at that. Like, they're done, you know? Um, and I don't think I could go back anyway because as the saying goes, you can never go home again. You can't. It's never going to be the same. And if I went back now, it would be to recreate 
the seven years I was there, and that's not going to happen. It would be something new with a whole new cast of people, a whole new group of people, and I'm not the same guy I was back then, and those aren't the same people that I was with. So that's not the answer, but I guess, I guess the shared experience that this all boils down to, that we all share in common, that brings us all together, is the fact that in one way or another, all of us, have a hard time letting go, right? We do. There's something in your life that you just can't let go of, that you should. That's what it was in Lost, in the, in the episode Lost. That's what his father was telling him. Jack, you have to let go so that you can cross over with these people. You have to let go. The whole point was letting go. And that's that was my... My moment yesterday, talking to my former coworker, both of us are having a hard time letting go. Now, what can you do about it? I don't know. I don't have the answers. I mean, it's, it's pretty rah-rah motivational to sit here and go, guys, let it go. You know, your life will be so much better. Just have the strength to let go. I get it. I've said it myself, but it's not that easy. <laughs> you know, relationships are hard to let go of, whether it's with a job or with a person or with a car or with whatever. I mean, we hold on to things for whatever reason. There's an emotional attachment and it's hard to let go. But that's where I've been. That's where I've been for the past nine years, holding on, holding on to the greatest moments of my life, holding on to the greatest experience of my life, holding on to the greatest time in my life. And I'm having a hard time letting it go. And it still affects me to this day. Now, have I moved on? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I try. And I don't believe in the word try, so I'm using it loosely here. But I focus on other things, and I start other things, and I, and I go in different directions. But in the end, I'm still holding on. I'm not holding on to the job. I'm holding on to the memories. I'm holding on to the experiences. I'm holding on to the, to the times that I had. The good and the bad, because it was bad as well. There was good and bad. But that's what it is. And that's the shared experience I wanted to talk about today. The inability that we have to let go. So, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we could start a, a, a conversation on this, you know, somewhere down the line in group about this. Because I think that's what's slowing a lot of people down. That's what's holding a lot of people back. That's what's causing a lot of issues for a lot of people. The inability to let go. Let go. It's not easy, is it? No, it's hard. It's hard, and sometimes it's even hard to diagnose it. Sometimes you don't even realize you're, you're, you're still holding on to the past, still holding on to a person or a thing or an event. And to make matters worse, the fact that you're holding on to it means that you're, you tr oftentimes you try to replace it. You try to make other memories live up to that memory. Other experiences live up to that experience, and that's never going to happen. So that's it. Just thinking out loud. Got to let it go. I was having a conversation with my uh, daughters yesterday morning. No, I'm sorry. Yesterday afternoon after I brought them home from school. And we're sitting there at the table and they're having a snack and I'm just talking to them. And we got to talking about friends. And I remembered I was telling them how growing up I didn't have a lot of friends. 
I didn't. I didn't really fit into any group. I was always a bit of a loner. Most of my life I've been a loner. And that actually caused some problems between me and Sheena Diane when we first started dating because I was still a loner, even though now I had a partner. But anyway, so I'm explaining to them how uh, their abuela, their grandmother, my mom, you know, she wouldn't let me go out. I was a latchkey kid. I would come home after school, lock the door and stay home. She didn't want me roaming the streets. She didn't want me getting in trouble. She didn't want me hanging out with the wrong people. She didn't want me out all hours of the night. She didn't want me developing bad habits. So I stayed home and I was raised by the TV, basically. So I didn't get to hang out with a lot of kids. I didn't get to make a lot of long lasting friendships. The only time I had for friends was during the hours of school during the day the times that I was at school and I made some friends but you know I was telling them how I never really got to hang out with anyone and by the time I got to high school I was kind of a loner and even though I wanted to hang out with people I didn't know how <laughs> you know they didn't do stuff my way I was used to doing stuff my way and it just didn't work out I was friendly with people I had a lot of acquaintances but never really a group to hang out with no click and, and then it transferred over into college and the rest of my life and my younger daughter Sasha she said well, Daddy, God made people for us to have friends. And I kind of laughed it off and I was like, yeah, this is true. But then I got to thinking, it is true. Like we can't do it on our own. We can't do it. It's just not going to happen. We have this romantic image of the power of one, right? We're going to conquer the world. We're going to do it all ourselves, especially here on a podcast or on Anchor. You know, the very nature of the podcast, you're on your own, you're talking, you're doing your own thing. But that's just an illusion. Even here, we're not doing it alone. We have someone else that we depend on, the listener. There is no one. Well, I mean, I guess there is, so it's not a myth, but you can accomplish so much more when it's more than one, two, three, four. Two heads are better than one, right? That's the saying. And if you look at it, the most successful icons have usually had that sidekick or that partner. You know, in sports, uh, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, he had Scottie Pippen. That was his partner. In comics, Batman, he has Robin. Superman, he has Lois Lane. Jeez, uh, in politics, the president has the vice president. It's always in, in pairs, in trios. You know, there's always more there. You got to have that accountability partner. You got to have that person to push you or pull you, raise you up or put you down. Right. Because otherwise, when we're by ourselves, we have no way of policing ourselves. And I think that's a big part of the problem of doing things on your own. I was listening to Eric Thomas and he was talking about the Belgian horse. The Belgian horse is one of the most powerful horses in the world. One Belgian horse can pull 7000 pounds. That's ridiculous. But you put two Belgian horses together and they can move 15,000 pounds, not 14,000, 15,000. So together they can do more than, than mathematically they should. But here's the thing. If you train two of them together, because that's just putting two together. If you train two of them together, if you bring them up together and have them work together and they train together, you can have two Belgian horses pull 25,000 pounds. What? That's ridiculous. That's like mind-blowing. The power of two. So on this gloomy Wednesday here in Florida with the drizzle coming down and the temperatures fluctuating, that's just one thing I'm thinking about and I'm throwing it out there. Maybe you could think about 
the power of two or more. We're not in this alone. No man is an island unto himself. We depend on other people. We have to let ourselves do so because a lot of times we don't. We don't. We got pride. We got a force of will. You know, we think we're strong. Maybe we have insecurities. Maybe it's low self-esteem and we're trying to push ourselves forward by saying we can handle it alone. Yes, you can handle it alone, but remember you can always handle it better with someone else. A wife, a friend, a child, a, 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 a doctor, a consultant, a confidant, whatever. Gotta let that vulnerability go and let others in. Power of two. Hey, Gator Johnny, I'm calling you from the almost great white north of Montana. Hey, this is Michael Conway, the new Manarch of a new Manarch podcast radio. And I was going to say, um, you know, there's always that belief of the one. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there's a reason why the saying is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Because our efforts with others, as long as we're all working together towards a, a singular goal or, or a similar goal, then it comes down to that the two overcome more than either of them added together. And that is a, the truth. Thanks for the call in, Michael. And yes, I agree. The two overcome more than the one. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a fact, right? You don't have to be a Belgian horse to know that. Uh, look at, I mean, there's other, you know, using animals again, because I just mentioned a Belgian horse. Let's use another example. The world's most efficient predator, the world's most efficient creature is the ant. Why? Because the ant is like the entire ant colony, any, you know, any given ant colony is one living, breathing organism. They work together. They go out at night by the thousands and they go out to hunt and every single night they come back with food, whether it be leaves, whether it be uh, a human food, whether it be prey that they've killed, every single hunt is successful. They have a 100% success rate. Why? Because they do it together. One ant alone can do something, but all of the ants together, my goodness, there is nothing they couldn't do. Like if they had the brains of, if the only thing you changed on an ant was you gave it the capacity to think, like a human if that's the only thing same size no weapons just what they have their their mandibles their stinger whatever like everything else stays exactly the same their work ethic uh, ethic <laughs> their drive if everything else stays the same but you gave them the intelligence of a person they would take over the world and there would be nothing we'd be able to do about it. No nuclear weapons would bother them. No tanks are going to stop them. No mortars or explosives or bullets or nothing. They would take over the world. Why? Because they work together. So I do believe in the value 
of one? Of course, because at times that is all you have to depend on. But I think that that's a romanticized notion. And it's just something I'm coming to realize now because I have been one most of my life in my mind, right? My, my, my thought process, but my life didn't take off till I became two, till I met Sheena Diane. And then we had kids and the family is just growing and my life has become fulfilled in ways that I never thought possible. So yeah, I agree. Two can overcome way more, especially when the entire group is on the same page, is on the same mission, has the same goal, is thinking the same way. The whole, definitely greater than the sum of their parts. Hey Gator Johnny, it's Megs, and I wanted to first say I didn't catch your segment yesterday, so I'm so glad that Gigi echo it, echoed it regarding the Monday do-over because I completely understand where you're coming from, and I have just had a renewal in my evaluation of myself this week as well. That's why you're seeing me post more on several different platforms because I know my self-worth and I know what I'm worth so because I know that I'm putting myself out there more I think that you are gonna do amazing things you've just got to find that drive again so here's what I recommend I recommend finding out what your goals when you achieve that goal what is it gonna do for you and let that be the striving force in getting it done Megs, my dear, thank you for the call-in. I always appreciate hearing your voice and getting your advice. I, um, As goal-oriented as I am, because I am, I always need a goal, my flaw, one of many, because <laughs> I put them out there, I ain't trying to hide them, um, but my big flaw when it comes to that is my goals are pretty short-term. I don't plan it that way. But once I reach a goal, I lose interest. And, and that's what I always struggle with. And I've stopped so many great things in my life that I had so much momentum with because I accomplished a certain goal. You know, when it came to DDP yoga and working out, I reached my, my goal weight. That's it. I'm there. I'm done. Next. You know, and that's horrible. I need to stop that. I don't like that at all. Same thing with Anchor. Like, I've backed off of Anchor. Well, I've backed off of Anchor not so much because I got bored, but because of the fact that I'm, I'm trying to reevaluate what I have to say, what my station is going to be about, what I'm doing. But, but in that sense, even then it's changed. I started off on Anchor with a certain topic, with a certain way of doing things, right? I was very passionate. I was very motivational. Um... While it wasn't all rah-rah motivation, a lot of it was just life experiences and just me thinking out loud, it was still me putting out content to, to, to kind of get people to, to move or to get out there and do what they got to do and motivate them to do something, you know? I am the everyman. I mean, I go through the same problems everyone else has, right? So my, my goal originally was if you guys can relate to me, Right? If you guys can, can see yourselves in my struggle, then it will help us all connect and help each other. 
Because if that's the case, my failures are your failures. Not that you failed, but what I'm saying is when I fall, you've probably fallen for that same reason somewhere down the line and you understand it. But it also means that my victories are your victories, right? And that's the way my channel started. And then I kind of started drifting off into different directions and I kind of lost my way. So I'm kind of trying to reevaluate what it is that I'm doing here, what it is that I'm saying here, what it is that I'm presenting here, and who I am here. Still looking for that voice, that elusive voice. And I have a feeling once I find it here on my podcast, here on Anchor, it's going to help me find it in life. Um, but that's that's... That's my big flaw. That's one of my big freaking downfalls is my short attention span <laughs> when it comes to goals. Because, Megs, I will move heaven and earth to accomplish my goal. I will do what I got to do to get to where I need to go. Sheena Diana has seen me do it. I'll, I'll just come up with an idea and I'll do whatever it takes to do it. And I'll be fully motivated and fully dedicated to it. And then once I do it, all right, that was cool. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm never in it for the long haul. And I want to be. I want to find that one thing that I can stay with forever. That one thing that can define who I am. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, again, I'm just thinking out loud, but that's what it is. You know, that's what it is. Hey, Gator Johnny, this is Richie Rich, a.k.a. The Man of Steel. Thank you so much for this call-in. Your call-in, I hope you don't mind. I do want to post it and then give a little commentary on it, but I obviously wanted to ask your permission at first. But I love this call-in. This call-in is amazing. I have done this journey. In fact, I still do this journey because... There are, there are different wires for different things that you want to attempt. So I have done this journey. And your journey is fine because your journey to your why is to find your why. Why are you on this journey? To find your why. And you will find your why. And everything that you've been starting and stopping and starting, finishing, starting and finishing, starting and finishing, your many journeys are preparation to the big one. So keep on this journey because your why is on the horizon. Just saying. Oh, thank you.